Welcome back, 390 Millionaires. It is Christmas Eve for fantasy uh, fantasy football players and NFL fans as we are recording on a Tuesday night, September the 6th, uh, and we are two days away from kickoff. It's very exciting times, uh, probably the best time of the season. Um, as we all still believe in hope in our, uh, our fantasy teams, uh, as is tradition, I'm here with Mike. I'm here with Jay. Gentlemen, how are you guys on this beautiful Tuesday night? I am doing exciting. I'm doing great. Uh, like you said, uh, hopes and dreams completely, uh, uh, possible. Um, so much, so much hope. Um, excited to see how everything plays out fantasy football season, football season. As you guys know, as a lifelong diehard Chargers fan, I really feel like this could be our year. Um, and I'm really excited to point out some people who shouldn't be that hopeful based on their drafts as we see it. But of course, that's jumping the gun a little bit, but let's send it to Mike before we get into all that. Yeah, I echo that. This is Christmas. It's the time of year. The weather's getting a little bit cooler. Wake up on that Saturday and Sunday morning for some college or for the NFL. Maybe throw on a hoodie at some point over the fall during like week six, you know, when it starts to get a little more crisp. Just a great time of year. The draft was fun. Got to thank the commissioner for putting on a great start to the year. I think things have kicked off smoothly. And I just look forward to having uh, at least six of these people's dreams crushed in the next 14 weeks, followed by the other five, and then someone standing on top at the end of all that. That, that's what we live for you know the dream crushing of at least half of our friends um and and fantasy football allows us to do that so uh hopefully you have a, a better december than i did last year my december sucked mm. um for many reasons um all of them fantasy football related though i did not have a good season last year um today's episode what do we got uh we are post draft so what we'd like to do what we've decided on doing is that we're going to do a uh, um some of us are going to reveal our grades and we're going to reveal our rankings for each draft now these are completely biased uh these are um not scientific in any way but also if you end end up with a lower score you should feel bad about yourself and really dig into why um you suck at fantasy football yeah absolutely uh, if your name comes up first start getting on that trade line like you need to make calls there are a couple of people here you need to make calls yeah all right that's actually um i i see it on our uh, uh our outline that's something that we need to add there's already been a trade this week so uh, we'll put that on there. Mm-hmm. Um, but let's uh, let, let's 
rummage through some of the, uh, the the league news that we have. So as we as we mentioned off the top, um, first game of the season, the NFL season happens on Thursday. It's the uh, the Super Bowl kickoff game where they typically take like um, the Super Bowl winning team and have them highlight against a, a really good opponent. Opponent this year is no different as we get potentially the Super Bowl matchup in week one with the Buffalo Bills playing uh, the Los Angeles Rams. Very exciting. Gentlemen, what do you think about this game? I think it's going to be a barn burner. Maybe could be one of the games of the year. As you said, potential Super Bowl preview. I think you're going to see two teams. I don't want to say at their best because it's week one, um, but I think they're going to play some pretty good football um, much akin to, I think it was a Dallas and Tampa a couple years ago that opened it up. Uh, that was a pretty damn good game to start on a Thursday night. So I think it's going to be something like that. I think it's going to be a close game. It should be high scoring. Um, and we'll see. I'm just excited for it to kick off. Yeah. I'm, I'm hopeful for, a uh, uh, a really strong game. I think we've got two teams that aren't, you know, full of turnover. Um, you know, those offenses should be clicking. Uh, like you say, it's week one. Let's not get ahead of ourselves, but I, I, I think we're in for a doozy. Um, I'm going to throw my weight behind the uh, the Buffalo Bills rocket ship. The hype train has left Buffalo. I think they'll take the win, uh, but this one should be uh, an exceptional setting the table for an NFL season to come. I, I think I love um, the Thursday night opener um, because I'm trying to rack my brain. Has there been a dud in recent history of like an opening Thursday night? Okay, and, and I think back to, um, I think Peyton Manning, his first year on Denver, played the Ravens that, that Thursday night. And it ended up throwing like seven touchdowns against them. <laughs> it, it's like, it always just delivers. And, and maybe, and maybe that's just like the, the, the gap in between the, the football, like it's basically the foot, the first real game that we've seen since the Super Bowl. But um, I don't know. It's going to be, it's going to be an awesome Thursday night. I think. Yeah. Jimmy, uh, Jimmy's back to work by the way, guys. So that's, that's great to hear. Oh, fuck. Um, <laughs> he just handed me a little stat paper here just to answer your question. He's working really quick and efficiently. 2019, we had Packers and bears. It was 10, three. Um, and that game did not feature Super Bowl. It featured a Super Bowl champion. So I would say that was the one dud looking at this list he's handed me here. Otherwise, though, you're pretty spot on. They've been pretty good games. Yeah. Okay. Um, moving on, we uh, some other games that we want to highlight in uh, in week one. Um, if you like, if you're a fan of vengeance, and if you're a fan of getting even, um, we've got two barn burners. Uh, this upcoming uh, this upcoming weekend, uh, the two games that uh, offer some sort of revenge are uh, the Denver Broncos with their newly anointed quarterback Russell Wilson playing his former team, in which he has oh so much history, um, the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, that's one game, and then another game is Baker Mayfield, who was. Uh, coldly tossed aside for a um I, I just an absolute dirt bag <laughs> of, a, of a human being um and so the carolina panthers are like we will take your your trash cleveland and we will make him our starting quarterback and uh carolina plays the uh, the cleveland browns sans uh deshaun watson this weekend so um jay i'll throw it to you which game are you looking forward to the most 
I think I'm kind of expecting the Broncos to run rough shot over the Seahawks. I don't see much of a game there. Um, I think both of these games, the the quarterbacks had a, a fairly lengthy story with their original teams. Um, you know, uh, Russ has been kind of the backbone of the Seahawks for a while, covering up a lot of Pete Carroll mistakes and issues. Whereas Baker was kind of, you know, he had a really strong season and then certainly last season fought through those injuries, played through those injuries and, and nearly got the brand Browns to sniff the playoffs. So there's, I mean, there's a lot of history. I'm going to take Baker v. Browns, the better game, just because I think it'll be closer. Um, I think the the Browns have um, a, a lot of, they have a decent team, even if Jacoby Brissett is the one throwing the ball. They've got a strong defense, um, and I think if if Baker can uh, torch them, then that's a better story. Um I don't think like if the Seahawks beat Russ or if Russ has a terrible game against the Seahawks and maybe there's something there, but I, I, I just see, I, I'm picking the game, the better revenge game being the closer game. So I'll take Baker V Browns. I like, I like that answer. You kind of swayed me. I was like, I'm more Broncos Seahawks because I'm intrigued to see what that offense looks like with Russ. And from a fantasy perspective, that's more intriguing to me. But you are correct in that that game will certainly be closer, but it may not be for all the ways that anyone wants it to be. Yeah. Um, not, not that this is uh, impacting the games in any way, but I'm sure we've all seen the Russell Wilson Let's Ride viral uh, sensation. Of course. Um, I just want to say I think Russell Wilson is uh, just an absolute terrible human being. Um, and... Uh, I think he's fake. I think he's fake as fuck. And that's, uh, that's really all I wanted to get out here. Um, so we move, we move from the, uh, the real games. We, uh, we want to do a public service announcement right now. Um, with the beginning of the new season, there's going to be some like trends and rhythms you want to get to get back into. Uh, we want to let everybody know, make sure you're paying attention to the injury report. Um, so it typically comes out on Friday. You usually get the, uh, the probable questionable, whatever designations, um, doubtful is in there too. Um, just be aware, uh, be engaged with your team. Know if they're playing or not. Um, for the, the, the very reason of it makes you more competitive mm -hmm. and that's, that's it. Like we just want people engaged. So, um, heads up about, uh, about players that you have injured, um, Make sure that they're they're starting if they're healthy, and they're not starting if they're not healthy. Um, but I think at this point we can transition into the. Uh, the Sorry, the just more one more PSA to add on to that. Sorry to cut Whoa, you off yeah. there. Hold on. No, no, no. Um, this is a very important one for some members in our league, namely Andre and Danish. Uh, the waiver wire should be used to try to improve your team. You have a hundred dollars to mm. spend it. You guys actually want to pick players up throughout the season. I know we didn't explain this early enough last year for them. So Andre Danish, you can use the waiver wire. It's there to replace those injured players. Hollow was just talking about. I encourage you to use it. That's all. Uh, I do want to chime in just on that with Mike from a from a commissioner's perspective. I don't want to uh, poo poo on anyone's parade here, um, but in this league, that isn't mandatory. I just want to be clear. Obviously, new commissioner people are are wondering what are the rules. Um, you don't have to use the waiver wire to to benefit your team to better your team. Maybe it's a strategy where you're hoping you'll win the league and you never made a wire uh, waiver wire move and you can throw that in everyone's face or something. Uh, we get it, um, but I just want to be clear that is clearly sound advice, Mike. Uh, it's great advice, but it is not 
mandatory in the league. Very important um, the, to, to state that uh, I do worry that pride will get in the way of Danish and Andre, and they will try and win the league without making any roster moves. That does seem like a, an unnecessary test that they would put on them. I dare them so. to do it. Double dog I, dare. I, okay. Okay. Double dog dare. Sounds like the name of our episode. Um, <laughs> what are our thoughts? If we, if we start zeroing in on the draft, we, I, I'll admit I was, I was taken for a ride because some of the sourcing that I had about who was going number one, if you go back to our draft prediction episode, I had Jonathan Taylor going to Nolan and lo and behold, the day of the draft, Nolan pulls a switcheroo and I'm stuck looking like a goddamn idiot because Nolan takes Josh Allen at the number one. So what are, what are our thoughts on that gentleman? Listen, makes sense. Uh, I'm, uh, I know certainly we had some, some, you know, uh, some personal relationships with uh, the draft manager of, of the first pick and thoughts on the way it was going to go. But I think uh, it, it probably comes out looking like the right pick. I think um, there's a bit of a, a, a question mark around, you know, kind of Mahomes with the new look offense. Josh Allen's got the legs. He's got a team that should be going all the way. I think um, I, I wasn't too surprised just from a, a general who should be going one one um listen we know our our league has a tendency to uh, uh be hard on the qbs and so i'm not too surprised that kind of arguably qb1 uh goes one one yeah it was a shock though i think we all thought alan was going one we were drafting with curtis actually sitting at two well-known bills fan little heartbroken as mm-hmm. Allen came mm-hmm. off the board, but I agree. I think it was the right choice. If I was there, that's a choice I would have made. I was, you know, drafting in another league number two. I didn't know what I would do if Allen went one between CMC and Taylor. So that for me was the obvious choice um, and, and good for him. I hope, uh, I, I hope for all the best for him and his division. Mm-hmm. Well, I think um, Curtis's feelings getting hurt are probably the only good thing that came out of uh alan going first overall so i I, i'm happy about that um i have thoughts on the alan pick i i think we we can dig into it a little bit more when we reveal the rankings and everything like that um so our last little uh update um is that we've already had a trade in the league unbelievably so uh two two managers were like no i think there's room to improve uh prove the team and, and and i'd like to make this happen and so uh the trade that happened was between uh yours truly and uh my co-host here jay uh and we uh we swapped uh, uh james robinson um backup running back for uh the jacksonville jaguars for a physically unable to play currently michael gallup um jay mm-hmm. why did you make this trade with me well, it was, uh, you know, you reached out kind of, uh, you know, out of the blue. Um, I was just lifting a lot of weights really heavy and uh, you, I saw your text come in. Um, and I think it's one of those trades that makes sense. I know that uh, that you like Gallup uh, this year. You uh, We've talked about him in other leagues. 
And so, uh, and then James Robinson, I think, uh, remains an underrated running back. Um, obviously, Etienne hasn't run in the NFL, uh, so it'll be interesting to see what's going on there. And I certainly uh, kind of have a bit of a belief in Jacksonville um, with Doug Peterson at the helm there. So for me, I've got Etienne, so I kind of handcuff myself a little bit, get a little bit of um, assurance there while uh, giving up a player that I know that you're interested in and, you know, can be comfortable, will likely play sooner rather than later and I'm comfortable with that. But uh, I think it just was a case of it made sense for both teams. Yeah. I, I, this trade was proposed um, mainly on the, the, the lens of team construction. And one of my weakest points um, in the draft was getting a wide receiver three. Um, I did, I, I did not have a very good, I did not have a lot of depth at wide receiver. And I was like, I need to figure this out. James Robinson. I, I had liked the idea of taking him. Um, but it just kind of fell into place that you had Gallup, you had Etienne. I was like, we could probably work something out here. And we did. It was actually like, in terms of the way negotiations have gone in this league, um, I think, I think I texted you, you were like, let me think on it. And then about 20 minutes later, you'd agreed to it. Like it was, it was pretty seamless. Well, that's, uh, you know, that's what uh, somebody offers a trade that's not uh, clearly, you know, biased. It makes sense. They've obviously done their homework on it. You want to make sure you feel good about it. You you wait it out a little bit and boom, let's not hesitate. Let's pull the trigger. It just made a, a lot of sense. No reason to dabble um, when it's right there on the table for you. Yeah, it's, it, it's great. It's great to be restoring my reputation as like a competent trader, you know, and inch I, by inch, inch by inch. That's right. Uh, well, enough uh, dilly dallying, uh, commissioner. Um, as we uh, established la- on our previous episode, uh, we would like to give you the opportunity to speak to the league. So uh, we are doing the head honcho huddle, unfortunately, and this breaks all of our hearts. Uh, Quiznos. Uh, has withdrawn their support for our podcast. We're not exactly sure why our legal teams are, are getting involved. It, it seems to be a very uh, messy situation. Um, but you know what? Honestly, I was a subway guy anyways. I like subway a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I think I don't know where I'm from. It's, it's f- firehouse subs um, mm. in my area. So uh, honestly, I think, yeah whether they just couldn't handle the truth of this podcast and then they got a little shy behind the wheel. Uh, it's hard to say, but uh, good riddance. Oh, you guys talked up Quiznos, Quiznos so much. Episode one guys is you guys living on a bed of lies. It's got me a little bit, a little bit uneasy over here. You're that you're a subway guy. Oh, well, well li- listen, it, it- you're talking about uh, living on, sleeping on a bed of lies. I'm not sleeping at all because I don't have a, a bed because Quiznos was the only income I was getting, and now that's gone. So I like I'm I'm mm. destitute because mm. of them. So pardon me if I'm a little bit bitter about that. Sorry. Let's let's talk about Quiznos in a tangential way. Talking about Quiznos, what I want to talk about uh, to all uh, of our league members out there is the toilet bowl. If you've ever had Quiznos, you're acquainted with it. So there's been some some questions um, regarding the toilet bowl, uh, and I'm excited to lay out the groundwork, the understanding of what the toilet bowl looks like this year. So uh, to clarify for anyone who's unsure, the, the toilet bowl winner will be the loser of the 11th place matchup as determined by Yahoo. 
So there's a there's a couple of different ways that uh, you know the uh, the constellation bracket can work. Um, this league has always played with the the Yahoo constellation bracket. We will continue to do so. The loser of the 11th place matchup is the winner of the toilet bowl. And as we shared in the chat, um, the the winner of the toilet bowl can look forward to um, however they feel they need to be able to do it. Uh, certainly a photo shoot or otherwise is uh, recommended. They'll be creating for all of us a wonderful and amazing calendar um, with 12 unique costumes, uh, one for each month of the year. Uh, and that will get created, that will get printed, and that will get sent to all of our league members to put up in their homes, uh, around their toilet bowls, or wherever they would like to put that. Now, a couple of the league members in the chat, uh, and we thank them for adding their thoughts, suggested that there be a draft for selecting the month um, that each league member gets to choose the costume for, for this calendar. And uh, the league discussed it and went through some hurdles and we are 100% on board. We love this idea. We will hold a draft um, at the end of the season once the, the loser has been determined um, or rather the toilet bowl winner is determined. We'll hold a draft to decide on the months. Now, your logical next question, I hear you're all asking it, is how will we determine the draft order for month selection? And that's a fantastic question. It's a fantastic question. And this is how we're going to do it. At the end of the year, the commissioner and his office will take a look at the plus minus points for and against for each team versus the eventual toilet bowl winner. This includes if the toilet bowl winner is in your division, you played twice during the regular season, those all count. You can double up or you might erase uh, a lead that you have. Playoffs also count. We want to reward the teams who did the most work to put the toilet bowl winner in their place. So after determining the plus minus points for and against in games versus the toilet bowl winner, the, the team that has the most points for will have the first overall selection of the month. So if you're thinking something real skimpy on the summertime, you can choose the months that you want. You want to get a little uh, a little fur on our, uh, our our eventual Toilet Bowl winner? Pick a winner month. It's going to be an exciting time. Uh, we'll do the work. We'll do the counting. That's how it's going to be determined. And as you guys are probably putting together in your minds already, there are 12 teams, there are 12 months. Yes, it is true. In fact, the Toilet Bowl winner will technically end up having a selection in this process. It has been determined by the league that their points for and against themselves will be zero so they might not even end up with the last selection in the month's draft. They might be right damn in the middle, but we'll see as it comes playing time. Uh, we'll start seeing who's coming in last. Teams are going to want to put out their best, best foot forward and choose an appropriate month when it comes to draft time. There's a couple of little things about the toilet bowl that will come out in later months uh, as we go through the regular season, but that's the gist of it. You guys are not going to want to finish last in this league this year. <laughs> What a wonderful introduction to the league, Commissioner. That's beautiful. I just have a quick question that will probably get answered later, but I'm just curious now. Is this calendar going to run um, for the 2023 year in its entirety, so it's going to be submitted and mailed by January? Or what is the timing looking like on such a thing? Great question. Uh, the intention is that this will be a 2023 calendar so that we can all use it for most of the year. Um, obviously, the league season not ending until uh, uh, early February. Uh, we may miss a month. That month will still be included, um, but uh, uh, some details to organize um, yet, but it will likely be a, a January to December 2023 calendar. 
and nudity in or out in this particular calendar, or is that just going to be do what you want? We're going to, uh, we'll caution the league that if you're asking for a specific, you know, nude starfish, um, <laughs> you very likely face the possibility um, that the league's office, the commissioner's office may need to step in mm -hmm. and allow mm -hmm. for a little bit of modesty. Mm -hmm. However, if you're asking for a nude pose um, and the, the posing is, uh, is up to um, the toilet bowl winner, my guess is that the league office will try their hardest to not uh, interfere with that as it allows for some subtlety, some modesty, um, depending on the, on the pose and otherwise. And so um, be thoughtful. Um, the league office does not want to censor any ideas, but there is a limit to what we'll ask of our toilet bowl winner. And so if you want to make sure that your uh, your best idea is the one that goes through, um, then, you know, uh, yeah, just be thoughtful about that. That's a, it's quite a high bar you're setting for yourself, Commissioner. I think it's a, two months in, you've had two inspiring additions to the league. Um, so, I mean, like, like we said last time, you're getting full marks from, from the, uh, participants in the league currently just killing it. We're thrilled to hear it. Um, that brings us to our, our meat and potatoes. I think we're going to, we're going to rock right into the, uh, the draft grades and ranking. So Mike, I may throw it to you because you were kind of spearheading this with Jimmy, on mm -hmm. how to break down the data. Yeah. Um, talk to us about the process before we dig into it. Yeah. So essentially we, uh, we surveyed several panelists um, that are familiar with the 390 league and they gave their draft grades from uh, a to C plus, I believe are the uh, highest and lowest grades for everyone in the entire league. From there, we took that data made an aggregate of 1 to 12 across that panel. Uh, a lot of algorithms involved, a lot of data modeling, a lot of data mining um, taken into account here. And essentially what we've done is come up with an aggregate score out of 36. And the higher you get is the better you do, i.e. in golf. And uh, yeah, I'm pretty excited to unveil these scores and keep in mind that the higher score is not necessarily good. And, uh, yeah, I think we're going to reveal 12 to one. We may go into some specifics for some of these experts lists as we go through and get some other opinions, but that's essentially how the gist of it will work. Totally. Yeah. And you're, you're absolutely right. So we're going to go in, um, ascending order from, from last to first, uh, each, each panelist is going to have their, uh, opportunity to sort of explain their logic if they, if they so choose, uh, I know there are some discrepancies in the list. Uh, I think, um, I think we had a lot of, um, we call those outliers in the data industry. Yes, they do. We had a lot of outliers in, uh, in bringing all this in data together. So let's, uh, uh, unless, uh, commissioner Jay, do you have anything you want to say? Oh, let's rock. Let's rock. Okay, so we'll, let's let's hop off the uh, the the to the twelve spot. Uh, coming in dead last with a an aggregate score of thirty, which is not good. I want to be clear about this. Getting a thirty is not good. We have my brother Mike Hallwell coming in with thirty points. Uh, I had my brother ranked at eleventh. Um, Pelt, I'm seeing you had him at, a, at 11th as well. 
And Jay, you had him at uh, at eighth. Mm. So Jay, why why don't you talk about why uh, why Mike um, deserves to be a little bit higher than than where the aggregate put him? Yeah, I think it, it's hard to put him right at the bottom uh, when I look at his wide receivers. Um, Justin Jefferson, Devontae Adams, C.D. Lamb, these should all these could all be top 10 guys. Um, you know, maybe argue a little bit about Devontae Adams in the new um, space, C.D. Lamb with uh, a couple of other uh, hungry mouths to feed in Dallas. Um, but that's why he's he's up from the bottom. Uh, I think you guys will probably mention his over-reliance on Dallas players. I'll just mention a, a fun little stat. Um, uh, Mike Hallwell was uh, the last person to choose a QB. He was also the last person to get a running back, which means that uh, at best, everyone else in the league got their choice of quarterback before Mike picked and everybody else in the league got at least one running back before Mike picked up a running back. And so to me, that's that's really surprising. I look at the wide receivers. I see where the issue is. Um, but when everyone else got the pick of the litter at those two positions in a super flex league, uh, you're in trouble. And so that's why he's in the bottom half for me, but not quite as low as you guys had him. Mike, anything you want to add? No, I don't think we need to break it down much more than that. Just, just that I think he had some opportunity to sway away from that wide receiver deep strategy and didn't um and as it was unfolding i kind of felt like this was where he was destined in my opinion i i i would i would agree um i would agree with the points that jay said that the the quarterback and running back that's my bias i i put a lot of value on the on those positions in this league and um in my notes i have qb and rb suck uh so um, yeah, I think we move on. Coming in 11th with 29 points. Once again, the more points you have, the suckier you are. We have the defending champ, Gertie, coming in with 29 points. I have Gertie ranked in my rankings as the eighth place team. Uh, Jay has him ranked as the ninth place team. Pelt has him dead last. So, so Mike, I'm going to throw it to you. Why, mm-hmm. why is Gertie have the worst team in the league? Some of the same reasons as Mike. I think he went a little too wide receiver heavy early. He's got Cup and Chase, who are obviously very good players. His quarterbacks, though, are headlined by Trevor Lawrence, who I think was an overrated pick, or he reached a little bit there in the third round. Um, and I do not like his running backs whatsoever. Akers and Stevenson. Akers is going to have his question mark. Stevenson's not even necessarily the lead guy. Um, and then he's got Kirk and his flex. So I just think there's not a lot of great depth. There's not a lot of star power outside of Cup and Chase. And I think it's going to be a tough season. But where have we heard that story all of last season? And Gertie won the goddamn league. So what do I know? True. Yeah, I think it brings up the big question of is Trevor Lawrence this last year's Joe Burrow? Um, you know, we, uh, we piped on, um, Gertie for taking Joe Burrow, uh, early, um, and we all got shown up pretty bad near the end of the season. Um, but I'm the same. I think, uh, I had him rated one above Mike Hallwell just cause his QBs are a little bit better than Mike Hallwell's. Um, the wide receivers are very scary, but if one of those three guys, um, goes down for any length of time, I think Gertie's going to be scrambling. Um, 
Yeah, it it come it came down to the running back piece for me. I actually really like Ramondre Stevenson. Um, I, I I will openly admit I did not get enough shares of him in all my teams this season. Um, so I really like Stevenson. Cam Akers, I'm a little bit hot and cold with. Um, he he has Jamar Chase and T Higgins as both wide receivers that he's playing, which I I like I love. Um, but yeah, it, it, I, I wish I wish there could be a little bit more of a punch in the running back slot, um, and that's that's the only reason he's not higher on my list. But coming in eleventh, that is surprising to me. So I'm curious to see how this breaks down further as we move into the tenth spot. We have Ryan coming in with 27 points. Uh, Ryan is ranked dead last with Jay. Ryan is ranked seventh with me, and Ryan is ranked eighth with uh with mike pelt so i'm gonna i'm gonna toss the same question to you to you jay why is ryan the worst team in the league uh so for me uh the, the key things to understand here um i'm not a big believer in derrick henry this year i can probably with some confidence say i've been consistently hedging my bets against derrick henry and i've just been wrong for the past about four years um but this year i'm not wrong this year derrick henry slows right down uh if not re-injures himself and as soon as you have that i recognize joe mixon's a, a touted rb i think uh he's uh overhyped at the moment definitely you know maybe uh, definitely a top 20 but uh, uh more than that I see Keenan Allen um, and those wide receivers as nothing special. Um, you know, Tom Brady, again, should never bet against him, but he's one foot closer to the grave. He had a big fight with Giselle before the season started. And I think that's going to play in. Jameis Winston is going to throw so many, so many picks. There's just nothing here that I like. Um, there's nothing here that says, oh, I, I, I could surprise you. Um, and so I dropped him uh, to the very, very bottom. Uh, there's, I just don't understand like if he missed the first like three picks of the draft and then the rest of the team came or what happened here. The only thing I'll add as to why I've got him kind of in that eighth spot, not maybe lower to some of your points, Jay, is I think his team has a higher floor than some of the other teams in the league. Like those veteran guys, I think are going to give him a base of points every week. Um, and give him a potential chance to win. Like, I don't see anyone as duds necessarily across that roster. My, uh, my perspective, cause, cause Ryan actually got a pretty good, pretty high grade for me. I, I gave him the letter grade of a B plus. Um, but my notes, uh, tell me that I don't see any players that give me goosebumps. So, uh, I, I think, I think that's maybe a perspective piece, but yeah, Ryan, Ryan coming in at, at 10th. Uh, with 27 points, uh, bringing us to our next candidate, uh, number nine with 25 points, our former commissioner, Andre. Andre is ranked at 10 in Jay's ranking. Andre is ranked at sixth in my rankings. And Andre is ranked at nine in, uh, in Mike's ranking. So gentlemen, I might take this one and you can, uh, uh, throw it back on me if you uh, if you disagree, but I've got um, I've got Andre's team as I pull it up. What is his team name? CD's, CD's nuts. nuts. Yeah, always a man of, of originality. Um, I have I have Andre's team um, graded out as a B plus, just like Ryan's. Um, I, I said that I, I gave him credit for having good depth. Um, so we hit. We see Mike Evans, Allen Robinson, Rashad Bateman at wide receiver. It, quarterbacks are Kyler Murray and Mac Jones. Um, once again, the RB bias coming through. I, I 
his Dalvin Cook, James Conner play is is strong. Like Dalvin Cook is very strong. I'm not a believer in James Conner this year. Um, and I wish that there was another another punch to uh, to that lineup. Um, Mike, what do you what do you think about Andre's team? I'm with you on the the Cook front, the Connor. I've never trusted either. I think overall, Kyler, he's a question mark too, right? Like he could be super dynamic. He could be top five. He could also take a step back, so to speak. There's rumblings of some, you know, differences of opinions between him and the office and, and certain people in the staff. So it's hard to say. I think he's got a higher ceiling um, than some other teams we've talked about already. But I just, I'm not super thrilled with that running back depth. Like you, he's only got Madison and Chubba Hubbard on the bench, and that's cause for concern. Yeah, not much to add. For me, just staring down Mac Jones as your QB2 with Jacoby Brissett as the guy on your bench that you might have to turn to um, is enough for me to have dropped him a couple of spots where I did. All right. Uh, coming in eighth place, uh, we have Patrick Neville with 22 points. Uh, Neville is ranked out in Jay's uh, ranking as 11th. I have Neville in my ranking as where the fuck did I number oh, one? I put, him, I put him number one. I thought he had the best draft. Oh my god! Uh, and uh, and Pelt has him as number ten. So this is this is where we're talking about uh, outliers. This is this is maybe Mister Outlier uh, right here. Um, why am I wrong, guys? Why does Neville have the uh, one of the worst teams in the league? I'll jump on this. Uh, I don't know if you're looking at the Deshaun Watson coming in late and you think that's good. I don't like Leo Fournette and I don't like Damien Harris this year. And those are his two top running backs. I think that is shaky. He's got scary Terry at the uh, third wide receiver. And I think that is even at third WR three, like that's, you should meet that. Um, I agree that he's got some depth on the bench, um, but uh, you know, you're hoping that uh, Kenny Pickett, plays out that Kenneth Walker plays out. Um, so for me, there's nothing here, uh, that I love. Um, and he already dropped a guy and picked a guy up just absolutely bananas. We haven't even started playing yet. So, uh, that's why uh, I got him low. Mostly. I just hate that running back engine. Yeah. I pretty much echo Jay there. I'll throw it to you. Hallwell. What, why is he the best? Yeah, I, I, I hope we're in a forgiving environment here. Cause like, I look at this and maybe this is just like the group psychology, but I am like, I am kind of worried now that like, I, I don't see fantasy the way I should. Um, so are we, but, I think you may have yeah. swapped two people in your list. We'll get to that later, but, uh, just an opinion. Oh, interesting. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I know who I know who, um, no, I'll say I'll say I have trust in Fournette. I have trust in Harris. I have trust in Brees Hall as well, um, who is his flex. I love his combo of Lamar Jackson and Ryan Tannehill. And his wide receivers are like Diggs, DJ Moore, and Terry McLaurin. Uh, not a lot of weak spots um, in, in the starting lineup. From my perspective, he should be competitive every week. Um, but what do I know? I'm just a panelist. Uh but speaking of what do I know, I come in seventh with 18 points. Um, Jay has me ranked at seventh. I rank myself as fourth. Uh, and then Pelt has me ranked at, at seventh as well. So obviously, I'm, I'm missing the picture here. 
why why am I why am I middle of the pack, gentlemen? Uh, let's go with Jay first. All right. For me, I think it comes down to, uh, you know, very strong RB situation. Um, sounds like Kamara is going to play every single game um, before the suspension gets him next year. Christian McCaffrey, if he stays healthy, he's Christian McCaffrey. Um, I don't like a ton else on this team. The QB situation is decent. Kirk Cousins is often that underrated guy um, who still just tosses a lot to, uh, uh, you know, Justin Jefferson and all. However, you are expecting a lot of catches from um, uh, getting passed by David Mills and uh, Gino Locke, as I like to call him. Uh, and uh, that's a cause for concern. Um, not to mention, you don't have a third quarterback on the roster, and that's a worry as well. Let me hear it, Mike. Yeah, I just, uh, you look at McCaffrey and he still scares me. And I know you're so hyped on him, but his last two seasons just cut so short. And he could come back and have the best year ever. And I could eat these words, but I thought about him at the top of a lot of drafts. And I, I would didn't pull the trigger on drafting him once. And I just, I'm not confident in him. Um, Kamara, I don't know. Same kind of thing. He's been great in the past, but is he going to do it again? Is he going to get suspended? Probably not this year. I like the Knox pick. I'll say that. I think he's a little bit under the radar in terms of tight ends. Um, quarterbacks I'm okay with. I think Dak and Kirk will be solid. I think Kirk with that new coach is going to be great in Minnesota, actually. A little bit underrated and a bit of a value pick there. But So, yeah, I've got you right in the middle of the pack, and I think uh, obviously right where you should be because you're seventh and I had you seventh. Yeah, you guys really nailed it on that one. In my defense, I will say uh, – the reason I put myself so high is my running back depth. I think I have the best depth in the entire league. Um, I go five deep uh, with CMC, Alvin Kamara, Chase Edmonds, AJ Dillon, and Kareem Hunt. I feel very confident rolling out any of those guys in any given week. Um, and then my quarterback situation, you you nailed it right on the head, though. Not having a third QB, that was a fuck up in my draft. Um and it sucked, and I hate I hated walking away from it with that without that third QB. So, uh, I'm happy I'm happy with uh, with seventh though. Um, so as we move forward, we have a tie for fifth place. Um, we will go anti alphabetically, anti alphabetically, uh, with Suds first at sixteen. Um, Suds is ranked sixth with Jay. Uh, Suds is ranked nine with me and uh, Suds is ranked first with Mike and he ends up at tied for fifth. I love this. This is, this is all over the place. Um, so Mike, why, why does Suds have uh, the number one ranking for you? I liked his quarterback picks Burrow and Carr. I think they're both going to have good years. That's kind of where I started. Then I looked through those receivers and I think Tyreek's going to have a good year in Miami. He's still Tyreek. He can still run. They're going to put the ball in his hands. Uh, Mike Williams, I think, again, fantastic year. Renfro, same thing in, in Vegas, even though Adams is there. Running backs, I'm a little shakier on for him. Um, but then I love when he picked it back up with the Earth's pick. So, And then I bench with Devonta Smith, Baker, etc. There's more there. I don't want to ramble about why I think his team was one of the best in the league or the best. Um, but I guess I'm just giving props to my other Hashtag four championships, bitches uh, partner here. Um, and I got to give him the respect he deserves after that draft. 
Yeah, for me, again, we're talking, uh, we're, what are we, t- we're top half of the league, almost top half of the league. So we're, we're getting, we're starting to be picky. Clyde Edwards Alaire as RB2, I'm not a big fan of. I think Miles Sanders is dice yet best. Um, from there, there's not much to not like. Uh, you know, a lot of hope that Mike Williams is first half of last season, Mike Williams, not second half of last season, Mike Williams. Um, decent bench, other than the fact that Galladay and Taysom Hill are on it. Um, so uh, some stuff to like, not a not, not a lot to uh, not like, uh, but a couple of big question marks. Uh, with the um, with Suds, I just wanted to say that um, his quarterbacks are potentially the best in the league um, with Joe Burrow and, and Derek Carr, and and that was a, a large ranking with uh, um, with with my style move on to uh the fifth uh, the other fifth place person which is pelt and uh pelt is ranked second in his own ranking second in jay's ranking but i gave him dead last because i hated his draft and mike i'm gonna tell you why right now um all your running backs are basically on committees i hate choosing a tight end anywhere before the fifth round um and so you having Kyle Pitts, I think Kyle Pitts is a great tight end, like a generational talent. But I, I, I look at your running back situation and then I look at the tight end and I'm like, why didn't you just get a better running back? Um, and we could go back. We, we're, we're, we're kind of running out of time here, so I, we can do that at another time. Um, don't like Daniel Jones as your starting QB. Uh, you got Herbert, you got Jerry Judy, um, and you got Drake London. You're putting a lot of eggs in the Atlanta basket. And that was, uh, I think they're going to have a real down year this year. Um, and so for those reasons, I have you dead last. Um, I'll throw in here. Uh, I think this is a strong team throughout. I think, again, you know, committees, Chubb is is in a the best committee in the league. Javante Williams, they want him to be the guy. Eli Mitchell could run away with that starting job. You've got Pitts as a superior tight end. He's just a wide receiver in a tight end position, which is fantastic. Don't love Daniel Jones, but Daniel Jones has legs and a bunch of exciting things going on in um, uh, New York that he could work. He's got the best QB in the entire world, Justin Herbert, and that alone puts him near the top. I'm a big fan of uh, Amon Ross St. Brown. I think he's going to bring it. Drake London could be a, a smash hit. And then he's got a, a, an optimistic bench. Definitely an optimistic hope that a bunch of these rookies pan out bench. Um, but uh, I think if a couple of them do, then all of a sudden his wide receiver position is solved and he's off to the races. Yeah, I think truthfully, Hallwell, I, you know, you say I put a lot of eggs in the Falcons basket. Yes, with Pitts, obviously my starting tight end. Otherwise, I'm Drake could turn out to be great. He could turn out to be shit. I'm not think, saying the Falcons offense is going to be fantastic this year. I think Pitts is obviously going to be great. Uh, Mariota's my fill-in third quarterback, or maybe he turns out to be great. I, I don't know. But I don't have a lot of eggs in the Falcons basket, contrary to your statement or notes that I may have seen. Sure, but how many are going to start? Well, I mean, it, we can get into the, the, the nuance of it, but yeah. So my four is too many. When I drafted this team, best draft I think I've had in 390 that I've felt after. Whoa. When I was going through my players with Andre and I think Suds and Jay the night before, Herbert, Chubb, Williams, and Pitts were my ideal first four picks. And I couldn't believe they fell to me. And I chose Pitts and I wanted Eli Mitchell bad. And I took the gamble to take Pitts because Mark Andrews went right before that Eli would be there. So like... 
the draft could not have gone better for me. We'll see how it pans out, but I felt super good through this. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. Because like your best day is literally like my worst day. Which I don't understand as I was drafting this team because I hold your opinion, your opinion so high. I was like, Hallwell is going to have a fucking chub for my running backs. And I thought you were just going to love it. And I was so, I cried when I saw your message. Uh, We can talk off air because I like, like, I think, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, there's pieces there, but um, we, we gotta, we gotta hurry this thing up though. Cause somebody has got a heart out at six. So we'll just, uh, we'll get through the rankings. We'll, we'll figure it out. Number coming in at number four inexplicably Curtis with, with uh, 15 points, one above the, the fifth placers. Uh, I've got, uh, I've got Curtis as the number one player in Jay's ranking. I've got Curtis as the 10th ranked player in my ranking and Mike put him at, at, at four. Uh, my notes for Curtis are uh, I hate his starting running backs. Um, so that's why I have him so low, but gentlemen, why, why does Curtis have a, a better chance this year than he did last? I'm going to crack in first because I said he's got the best team out of the draft. Um, I know that you said that Burrow and Carr might be the best QB situation, uh, but you're wrong. Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson starting day in, day out is the best QB situation in this league. Um, uh, I think he's uh, dicey with Josh Jacobs at RB2, but he's got Jonathan Taylor. Um, big fan of his wide receivers. I think Lazard is going to do um, some surprising and great things. AJ Brown, he got in the fifth round. And even though he's got Josh Jacobs as the RB2, he's got David Montgomery, who I think is um, underrated, not to mention Cordero Patterson. I don't think he's going to do the exact same thing that he did last year, but I think he's going to be somebody to reckon with on the bench. Um, And uh, listen, this team is solid throughout. Um, I I like it. I think he's going to go far. I think he's going to do big things. I think the thoughts of where Curtis finished in the league last year he is a distant, distant memory. The man did his homework. Mm-hmm. I'll add a note before you say why Curtis is uh, 10th in the league, Hallwell. Um, on Josh Jacobs, I think he may have a better year than people think. Um, I would consider him shaky as well. But if you think about that offense that Josh McDaniels ran in New England, he's bringing that to the Raiders. I think Jacobs is going to have a chance to kind of just pay on the rock all year. He's only 24 years old. Um, so if he can keep that job and keep the momentum going, I think he could turn out to be a great pick, which would make Curtis formidable, um, down the line. I, I, it basically, uh, the, the issue for Curtis with me comes down to Josh Jacobs and David Montgomery, both players. I, I, I see as having like weaker seasons this year. Um, I mean, Josh Jacobs is essentially, you state that Josh McDaniels could be the, 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 uh, a bit of a rejuvenating factor for Josh Jacobs. I mean, the, the preseason talk was that he was playing in like games that he shouldn't have been playing in. So my, my feeling or my perception of what McDaniels thinks of Josh Jacobs is, is pretty low right now. So, um, but that's my, that's my reason. That's my logic. Um, coming in in third with 14 points, Danish Danish comes in at fifth on Jay's ranking, uh, third in my ranking and sixth in, uh, Mike's ranking. 
I'll kick us off here. Um, I think, again, another strong uh, QB situation. Um, you guys may know that I'm very, very into Tua this year, and that's the QB2 with Mahomes. I think that could arguably be the QB setup for the year. Um, I don't see too many uh, weaknesses here. Um, obviously, Antonio Gibson right now in the flex, but he's in the flex, and at least for about three or four weeks, he should be RB1, uh, and then we'll see from there. I think Michael Carter, obviously, we've talked briefly about Brees Hall. Michael Carter could be a sneaky guy to have on that bench. Um, and again, Mark Andrews in the tight end position uh, means that there's not too much not to like. For me, I think the biggest question are uh, wide receivers. He's got Cortland Sutton, um, who should benefit from Russell Wilson. We'll see how much. And then Darnell Mooney, Amari Cooper as the other two starting wide receivers. That's the question mark there. Um, but I think um, it's, uh, it's, it's not too much to worry. And interestingly, based on Yahoo's projection, Danish has the easiest schedule uh, of this year uh, due to their projections, which should help him out as well. Damn. Uh, I've got uh, I've got Danish as the uh, as the third QB or third third ranked team, um, basically on the strength of like good balance across the lineup. Um, there's a lot of players that that I talked about goosebumps earlier with Ryan's team not really being like hot and bothered by them. Danish's team has a has a few players that I'm like, oh damn, that's that's like. Real solid. I like Cortland Sutton. I like Darnell Mooney. I like DeAndre Swift, Aaron Jones as the quarterback combo, and having Pat Mahomes is going to bolster any sort of quarterback crew. So that's why I put him so high. Mike, anything to wrap us up? No, I'm good there. Let's get to the top two. Okay, top two coming in second uh, is Nolan with 13 points. Nolan ranks in um, on Jay's ranking as the third best draft. I got him as five, um, and Pelt has him as five. Uh, Mike, talk to us about uh, Nolan's team. Why'd you like it? So we talked about Josh Allen already. I liked that pick. I liked how he followed it up with the receivers. Uh, Pittman, Deontay Johnson, and Gabe Davis. I think Gabe Davis is going to be underrated in Buffalo. Um, Barkley, I'm, I think he's going to have a good year. I'm not huge on Singletary or Dobbins necessarily, but that's why I put Nolan in five. The one pick that I found puzzling and I'm intrigued by um, was Trey Lance. I think he took him at the top of the third round, um, which was very early. He's obviously anticipating him getting a lot of yards on the ground. Um, but that one, had he had a stronger two QB, I probably would have put him up there with the Sudses of the world. Yeah, not much to add. I've got him at the three spot. I like Lance. I think the uh, the RBs after Saquon is is the question mark. I think Gabe Davis, uh, you know, lots of hype train for him that I'm pretty buying in on. So uh, a, a lot to like. I think maybe the bench looks a little dicey, um, you know, uh, but uh, the bench is where we play with our waiver wires, Danish and Andre. We can use our bench players and, and get rid of them if they're bad and get different players who aren't our teams yet that are good. Um, so I think maybe a little waiver wire maneuvering, but uh, Nolan's looking uh, pretty happy with his team. Uh, yeah, I would agree with the uh, the Singletary and Dobbins sort of criticisms. Um, Nolan has never been afraid to make a trade, though, or make a move to to make a team better. So I'm sure if he finds any sort of major disruptions, he'll uh, he'll launch into the negotiations with anybody and everybody uh and then coming in first but it should be noted not first in any of our rankings 
Jay with nine points, who comes in as fourth in his own ranking, second in my ranking, and third in um, in Pelts. And so um, with Jay's team, I'll start it off. I'll, I'll get us rolling. Um, Jay had a very deliberate plan at what he wanted to do at quarterback, taking Jalen Hurts and Matthew Stafford. I had both of those players last year as my quarterbacks. Loved them. They were great. They were fantastic, and they were very reliable. Followed it up with a, a pretty solid wide receiver core in Godwin, Waddle, and Samuel. Um, probably his most effective play, though, was getting Najee, Etienne, and Damian Pierce, the rising superstar in fantasy drafts who somehow has landed himself the sole running game in Houston. Um, and then tops it off with a Dallas Goddard. Like this is, this is a lineup that I'm just, um, I'm a big fan of um, the, the depth on the, uh, on the bench. Hey, you know what? Maybe it's uh, it, it could use a little bit of bolstering. Um, but he's already done that by trading for James Robinson. So he's locked up the Jacksonville run game, whatever happens. Um, I don't know. I'm just a big fan of the, the 11 that, uh, that Jay's been able to put forward. Mike, your, your thoughts before we let Jay, uh, celebrate in his accomplishments. Yeah, I, I can't disagree. I think what I like about this team putting him third is the ceiling. Um, as you mentioned, it's solid quarterbacks, but I think across the board, he's got some players who could throw down a 20 spot you know, at the receiver or the running back spot um, and really put him over the top week to week. That said, I think Jay also has one of the most boom or bust teams in terms of Hertz could flame out. Stafford's elbow could destroy his season um, and then his season would consequently be done. So um, while I love his ceiling and put him third, he, he could be a bust team by the end of the year, uh, very realistically. Totally. Jay. Um, not too much to say. You guys covered it well. I'll only say that amongst the three of us, I had myself rated uh, the worst, uh, four to two and three. So uh, no favoritism, no nepotism over here. Um, thank you to everyone who let me get Damon Pierce in the seventh. And thank you again to everybody who let me have Chris Godwin in the eighth um, for fear that he was going to miss some time, even though it looks like he's probably going to play week one, if not at least week two. Um, yeah, like uh, Pelt said, felt very strong in this draft. Um, uh, kind of had a plan that mostly I was able to stick to. And so mm-hmm. um, excited to see how this season um, goes out, but feeling very strong at the outset of it. And I think this is it. Oh, sorry. sorry. Jay definitely didn't threaten us, telling us we'd be the first to be relegated if we didn't put him top three. Definitely did not. Power is certainly not going to his head. I can certainly uh, say that there's no recorded evidence that I did or did not say that. <laughs> uh, Jay, you mentioned the season as the season goes on. Well, the season is here. We are back into one of our uh, favorite segments, weekly predictions. Um, so, Jay, because of our time constraints, I'm going to go back to back with you. OK, absolutely. So your first game that you have to analyze is Andre versus Neville. Mm-hmm. Um we have we are split as a committee mm-hmm. uh where two of you have taken andre and i have taken i have taken neville break down this matchup for us let's get into it i think uh, we've got a lot of exciting matchups a lot of room to uh to maneuver as we uh, go into the season 
And rather than just rely on our draft rankings and say, put those up against each other, I think you've got Dalvin Cook playing a interdivision game against Green Bay. I look for him to be angry for that. Kyler Murray should be playing from behind against KC for a while and just hucking that ball. Um, and so I, I like a lot of what's going on there. I'm interested to see how Mac Jones and the New England offense, which has been making some news recently, goes uh, headed directly into Mike McDaniel and uh, Miami, see what happens there. Uh, and then I think, you know, there's a little bit more of um, on Neville's team. I don't, uh, I'm interested to see what uh, Brees Hall does against Baltimore, um, but there's not a lot that I love about his team. Uh, no key matchups that I'm worried about. DJ Moore could be uh, um, shut down pretty hard against Cleveland. Um, and then, uh, you know, Diggs might save them uh, going against the Rams and playing in an all-out fest. But for me, it's a very, very slight edge, but my slight edge goes to Andre. Okay. Mike, anything you want to add? Nope. I'm, I'm good there. Perfect. Jay, hit us with your second game. You got myself versus Danish mm-hmm. and in unprecedented fashion. Everybody has taken me to win. Why am I going to best Danish this this weekend? Listen, I don't want to give too much uh, credence to history, but we can't ignore it. Um, This just comes down to more than anything else. I'm looking at uh, two longtime players in this league and giving the edge to the one who has constantly had it. I think Tua going against New England defense could be a bit of an issue. I think uh, uh, Antonio Gibson... Gibson, sorry. Um, Listen, I don't know how many fumbles he's going to have in that game, but it's going to be more than zero. Uh, That's a worry. And uh, again, uh, I think I said earlier, I'm not a huge, huge proponent of Mooney Cooper. I think those are question marks. And with uh, with those question marks, those possibilities, um, I think that's just a team that's not going to quite get over the hump, especially in the face of CMC, um, Camara, uh, and all else. Again, Kirk Cousins probably throwing for a, a couple of TDs to try and keep that game close in Green Bay. Uh, this one could be a doozy. Uh, and if it is, it's a doozy in favor of Holly. Love it. Absolutely friggin' love it. Uh, Mike, we're going to move on to your games and we're going to get you, we're going to keep it even. You're going to do the back to back for us. Okay. Is that, does that work for you? I love it. Let's do it. Okay. Your first matchup is, is Ryan versus Nolan. Uh, another clean sweep across the board. We got Ryan taking this victory. Uh, give mm-hmm. us the rundown. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is kind of the matchup of irrelevance, if you will, at this point, right? Like, how long since Ryan's made noise in this league? And then I think Nolan is just Nolan. Tried to be a villain for a while, but he's been pretty quiet this year. So it's just like this matchup feels boring almost. Um, but we got to actually look at the matchup itself rather than the fantasy players. Clean sweep, as you said. I think it's a story of circumstance more here for me. I like um, the quarterbacks on Nolan's side long-term more than I do Ryan's, but I think this week with Brady in prime time facing Dallas, and you got Winston against my Falcons, who are not going to stop many teams this year. I give him the edge there. Running back-wise, I like Henry and Mixon. I think they're solid. Barkley, again, he's good. Singletary, he could be average, or he could get outworked by someone else down the line. So I think Ryan takes this. Nolan, long-term, maybe the the higher ceiling. Um, but I think Ryan will seal this deal at the tight end spot with Kelsey and over Hawkinson. Sorry. And that's that. Just a devastating development for Nolan, who mm. we gave such high marks in the, in the really high 
the draft mm-hmm. rankings mm-hmm. to just be sort of slammed down this first week. I, I'm sure he's not feeling too good about that. Jay, do you have anything you want to add on top? No, I think that's well covered. Again, I do think it's a a little bit of a circumstance for week one. Um, I don't like Ryan's team. Um, I like uh, Nolan's team, but week one is uh, it's going to be a little flippy floppy. All right, Mike, your second game is Curtis versus Suds. and, and wow, mm-hmm. the results are, are interesting here <laughs> as we have a clean sweep. And you're be like, okay, well, everybody guesses Suds to take it. Wrong. We all took Curtis. We took Curtis over Suds. Look outside. <laughs> is hell freezing over? What is going on? I am dubbing this the fuckboy bowl. Curtis and Suds <laughs> both coming in hot. Um, Curtis at that number four ranking. Suds the highest on my board. Curtis is going to sweep this, as we said. Let's start with the quarterbacks. Uh, week one. Wilson and Rodgers, I think they get off to quicker starts rather than appendectomy Burrow and then Carr versus the Chargers. I think that's, you know, he's got to beat there. Uh, wide receivers could be a toss-up for me. Across the board, I said I love Williams. I love Renfro. Uh, but Curtis got a solid floor with Brown, Lazard, and Lockett. Always been an option in Seattle. And then running backs, I think we're coming down to Taylor. He's going to be the one to punch Curtis ahead. These two heated rivals right here, division mates, are going to go at it. And I think Curtis is going to beat him this week. Will be one of the best, though, of the week, this matchup right here. The fuckboy bowl. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I thought we had the, the name of the episode early on with uh, Double Dog Daria, <laughs> but the fuckboy bowl, I think, might have just come in at the 11th hour. That's pretty good, Mike. That's pretty good. Well, if you saw Curtis and Suds at the cottage, you'd know why. Okay. I, I, I don't. I And I do. I love it. Um, we're going to rip off to my final two games. My, uh, my first game that I have coming up here is, uh, Jay versus my brother. Um, we have chosen maybe to no surprise, uh, of our listeners that Jay will win this match. Um, I don't think any of us really respect the, uh, the drafting done by my brother quite yet. Um, we need weeks. We need, we need results on paper to sort of build up that confidence at this moment. Um, we love Jay's draft, um, but let's do let's do a quicker breakdown. We got Hertz and, and Stafford for Jay playing Buffalo and Detroit. Um, we've got Fields and Wentz playing San Fran and, and Jacksonville. The talent just isn't there um, for Mike's team in, in regards to the quarterbacks. Um, the wide receivers, I, I will give it to Mike because it's Jefferson Adams and CeeDee Lambs, uh, Justin Jefferson, sorry, um, versus uh, Debo Samuel, Jalen Waddell, and Chris Godwin. I mean, like, of the wide receiving cores in the league, Jays can compete with Mike's, but Mike does just have that. I mean, he essentially has like three of the top five wide receivers this year. If, if things go the way they're, they're supposed to at running back uh, for Jay, he's, he's got Najee, he's got Etienne and he's got Pierce versus the double workhorse of uh, Zeke and Tony Pollard um, tight end Goddard for Jay. Oh my goodness. Okuwubanu. I don't know how to say that. Denver tight end. Um, <laughs> uh, and we just don't know what uh, Okuwubunum is. And I'm going to keep saying that name until I get it right. Um, and, and Mike's got Juju in the, in the flex. It's just, uh, there is a, there's a lineup here that is able to power on through and, and provide like good sustained results the, the whole way. And there's another lineup that, definitely shines in one aspect but is is pretty rusty in others so jay gets uh moves to one and oh after this first week 
Um, and then my uh, my second game is Gertie versus Pelt, um, which I wish I could call the Fuckboy Bowl, but uh, that's already taken. So um, we'll just call it um, <laughs> Married and Loving It. That's what we'll call it. Um, so wholesome. So, so wholesome. So wholesome. Uh, so at quarterback, we have Justin Herbert and Daniel Jones for Mike versus Trevor Lawrence and Matt Ryan. Um, I, I would say aside from Herbert, that's a whole pile of meh. Um, but I will give the, the edge to Mike there. Uh, Cooper Cuff, Cooper Cup, Jamar Chase and T Higgins versus Jerry Judy. Uh, what's uh, St. Brown's first name? Amari? Amon Ra. Uh, Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Amon Ra, St. Brown, and Drake London. Um, definitely Gertie's got the edge there at quarterback or at wide receiver. Apologies. Um, at running back, we got Nick Chubb, uh, Javante Williams, and Eli, Eli Mitchell uh, for Mike versus Cam Akers, Ramondre Stevenson, and Christian Kirk, who's playing in the flex. Not a running back. I know that. I know football. That's why I play fantasy. Um, I like the running backs more for Mike. Irv Smith Jr. at tight end versus Kyle Pitts. Kyle Pitts, once again, generational talent. Uh, definitely taking the edge there. Um, the projections have it to one set 117.32 for Mike over Gertie's 116.07. Um, I don't think it's going to be that close. I do think that this is a, uh, uh, a solid victory for Mike. Um, we do have some discrepancy in the, in the table where with, uh, Jay taking Gertie, I'll let Jay jump in here. If he thinks that there's something I'm missing in my analysis. No, I think the only thing that I throw in here, uh, really is, uh, again, um, looking at some history, um, looking at kind of, we've derided Gertie's team before, uh, and we've been shown, uh, error of our ways and I'm just hedging that bet. Um, so it's more to do with, uh, possible outcomes and betting the, the line than anything else. Yeah. I think, you know, I can't fault you for that. That's why we play the games on Sunday, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the one thing I do want to add, not necessarily relevant to this matchup, but relevant to my opponent, is I hate his name. I just want to just want to throw that out there. I think it's dumb. Uh, who does it reference? Like it, Trevor Lawrence, we think. Yeah, exactly. Think like you can't even like figure it out, but I think it's Trevor Lawrence. I gotta assume it's Trevor Lawrence. Oh, is that what it was? I think so. Ooh, yeah, that's. Mm-hmm. Could be better. Could be better. Something to work on. Something to work on. <laughs> um, that's interesting. Maybe we'll have to rank everybody's names later Ooh, on in the season. Yeah. I think we will. Because um, I, I, I love my name, but my name is... Uh, yeah, classic. That's a classic. Maybe, that, maybe that's just for me. Um, we got through it. I can't believe we did that enough time. We still have time to go through our last segment. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Jay, let's go. Do you got a dip or do you want to? No, let's, let's go. Okay. Hard eight, gonna, yeah. Eight minutes. Hurr, hurr, hurr. What's that? Oh, it's the pigeon carrier. We got, we got messages and questions from the league. This is great. Um, our first question is uh, what do we think was the biggest reach pick in the draft? So mm-hmm. a reach being a player that goes way too soon than where they should have. Um, Jay, do you have a, 
Yeah, I think uh, when I look at this, one of the picks that I really don't like, um, and and we all mentioned this player, I think, uh, in looking at the teams, um, Sudsy pick two round six took Clyde Edwards a lair. Um, he was likely looking at the RB situation, um, wasn't seeing a lot that he liked, and so he got a little uh, little worried. Um, but that is uh, nearly uh, uh, nine picks ahead of Montgomery. 11 picks before Dobbins, Chase Edmonds came after that, um, Damian uh, Harris, Damian Pierce came later. And so for me, uh, you know, maybe Suds likes uh, CEH, maybe he thinks he's firmly embedded within that team. But I think uh, to me that uh, the Kansas City run game is a, is a committee that no one has the hold of, certainly not CEH. Um, so to me, that was the reach. That was, uh, uh, you could have waited, could have found something else, um, certainly could have gone for a different running back that I would have been more happy with. Um, but I think that's one that stood out to me. Mike, your selection. I'm going to just throw two at this. We've talked about both of them already. Um, round three, Trey Lance going first at the top of round three. Ahead of Dak, ahead of Russell, that one could be debatable. Ahead of Stafford, I would not take him over Stafford. Um, and then Trevor Lawrence. Let's just continue the train of jinxing ourselves and Gertie with his uh, last pick of the third round and Trevor Lawrence. So now he will probably kill it, but I think that was a reach. It, it's so interesting. It seems like we've zeroed in on the same area. I have my, my uh, pick for biggest reach is by Curtis. And, but it's Aaron Rodgers at the end of the second, for all the reasons that you said that Trey Lance was mm-hmm. early, because you could have got Russell, you could have got Dak. Um, the run, the run was happening there because in the next five picks, four quarterbacks go. But I, I, I just think Aaron Rodgers without Devontae this year, not really knowing what that that offense is going to exactly look like, taking potentially a, a back 12 quarterback, fantasy quarterback, that was a little rich for my blood in round two. Uh, conversely, though, um, our next question in the... Pigeon uh, carrier segment is uh, who is the biggest value pick? So value is determined by somebody who went way later than what they should have. Um, obviously, we won't know the the actual results until uh, the end of the season. But who's somebody that you're already eyeing up as being like, damn, that was a good pick, and uh, it didn't really cost anybody too much. I'll go here. I'll go back to my old, uh, you know, my boy Matt Ryan, round five, pick twelve. I don't know that I rank like we've got Mac Jones, Winston, uh, Fields, and Tua ahead of him all in that round. So I think Gertie, that kind of fell into his lap, in my opinion. If I don't know who he's eyeing there, maybe he's eyeing up one of those guys. Um, but with with where the quarterbacks were going, I would have certainly taken Ryan over Winston and Mac Jones for sure. So I think Gertie found value there at the end of round five. Yeah, I like that. I'm gonna I'm gonna pick up two. Um, I think uh, one of the ones that I like that we all knew about, but uh, just didn't happen. Uh, pick one in round six. Uh, Gertie picks up T. Higgins. T. Higgins could be a top fifteen wide receiver. Um, so all the way in in round six is really solid. And then uh, again, one more all the way down in round nine. Pick number one in round nine. Uh, Nolan comes out and picks Michael Thomas, slant boy himself. Big risk, big boom bust possibility. We're already talking about his hammies preseason, but I think if he's really here, if he's really here for the season, 
yes, it's Jameis Winston throwing him the ball, but that could turn around to be one of the best value picks in this draft. I will sneak my uh, my last pick here under the wire as we, we close out the episode. Um, Jay, I got to give you props. Round 10, you took Dallas Goddard at, uh, at the fifth pick. Um, I think that's incredible value. The, uh, some of the other players going around there are Chris Olav, uh, Tyler Lockett, Kadarius Tony, Christian Kirk, like um, Dallas to me has a clear sort of like track history of being productive. And I think you just got like pure value there uh, that you can assert insert right into your starting lineup, which I think you do. So uh, great work. Um, so just a quick bonus one. Had he not been shot, Brian Robinson would have been great value in the ninth round. Yes. True. Really Agreed. true. Agreed. Um, we have one more question uh i'm gonna save it for next week though um and we'll be able to give it some context um cliffhanger that's right uh gentlemen uh is there anything you guys want to say before we uh we wind down the episode for this week no let's just uh i'm just saying for some football that wednesday night which is 24 hours from now is going to be a long sleep and then saturday night same thing put the cookies out hope that santa comes on sunday morning and uh, just get ready for it I, uh, I dream of Scott Hansen's beautiful, beautiful voice, and I can't wait to have that realized for another year. Uh, let's all have some good football, everybody. Good luck this season. Uh, I want to thank everybody for listening once again. We are back uh, because football is back, and there's no greater time in the entire year than right now. Enjoy the season, everybody. <laughs>